This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Touchdown, Kansas City! Damian Williams runs to immortality! Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at Addison Patterson. Wow, sounds like something at a poetry slam, Dave. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jayton Alexander with six, crosses over, drives in, drives to the basket, shot is good! Good! Good and one! Everything happening in the sports world. And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I've always had trouble with my hammy, and it's just been, it's kind of chronic. And there's just really nothing I can do about it. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson after one of the strangest weeks that I think I can ever remember in the sports world, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Yeah, and I'm, I'm still just perpetually confused because the whole day was the most surreal day I've ever dealt with in all my years as a sports writer. And uh, just everything that's going on in the world and in the country right now is just, it's like we're watching a bad movie or it's a bad dream and we're going to wake up and it's, we're going to just say, well, it was a bad dream, but... This is real life, and uh, we're having to deal with it. Well, we've, we have Coach Strathman in studio with us today, and I want to dive into everything that goes into the state tournament yesterday being canceled after playing your game and winning 59-44 to against Baser Linwood, which meant that here in two and a half hours, you guys on paper should have been playing St. Thomas Aquinas in a state semifinal matchup, and I know that you were really looking forward to that, and you said to me last night, at this time, instead of driving home and trying to figure out where to go next in life, you guys should have been preparing game plans and going over what you want to do for today. And it's just been a crazy, crazy day, crazy 48 hours, and really just a crazy week for you and your team. Yeah, it really has. You know, all the news that, that came out uh, Wednesday afternoon with the NCAA and all of that stuff kind of kind of got the ball rolling with a lot of those cancellations and then and then the NBA suspending their season uh, Wednesday night and just a bunch of crazy stuff so you know uh, for our kids it's it's totally very hard to see them go through this um, but we're you know we're not alone by any stretch there's there's tons of teams going through the same thing and not only in Kansas but across the entire country and not only high school but also college so um, it's just tough to see. Well, I wanted to start off today's show by talking about something that I posted about last night. And every now and then, I get a little bit fired up about something. It's it's not all that often that you can fire me up too much. But we had a listener call the radio station last night and tell me, why are we even having these high school sporting events? Don't they understand the coronavirus is going on? High school sports don't matter. None of these people are probably going to go on to the NBA or the WNBA. This is a waste of my tax dollars. I don't understand why we're even doing this. This is not good for our society. It is not a part of the educational system. And this all happened very quick. And I 
I don't really have a good response to that. I, I, I don't want to argue with somebody over the phone. But my response is this. If you don't think that high school sports have an impact on the educational experience for anybody on Coach Strathman's team, Coach Kinneman's team, any other coach at McPherson High School or any other high school in the country, you're wrong. High school sport, sports are a huge part of the educational experience, whether it is learning how to win, learning how to deal with losing, learning how to work as a team, learning how to compete, and in days like today, learning how to accept something that just doesn't go your way. And it really fired me up to talk about this today because I understand that there is the risk going on and that people in some places were saying, we don't want to play this game. But there are a lot of things that are important about high school sports. And then on the other side, high school sports and winning and championships, it's not everything. It's not worth risking everything that you have in order to go raise a banner, to go win a basketball game. Because when it comes down to it, I think Steve said in maybe a column yesterday, when it comes down to it, it is just a game. So we get both sides of this, but I just wanted to add on the educational experience and the call that I got last night, there's a reason why this is important to people, whether it's communities, whether it is for coaches, players, it is important to people. It is a part of the educational experience, and I, I understand the frustrations on both sides of things today, but there was a real reason why everybody wanted to play. There was a real reason on several different sides of why games should have been canceled for this weekend, and I think that we knew, especially after getting to Emporia yesterday, Steve, yeah. we were getting the vibe that this was not going to end well right. in terms of being able to play these games. It was just the feeling that we got all day, and what a weird day it was with the with trying to think about this, and you and I in the post game were saying, look, we're hoping that this is not the final game that we get right. to see this season. But deep down, I think we kind of knew that that was how this could potentially play out. Well, I wrote a column about it today. And like I said, you think Keisha really wanted to cancel the tournament? No. Keisha didn't want to cancel the tournament. No, they they want. I mean, they, they have people at six sites. They're working hard to put these tournaments on. But I also pointed out, you know, maybe we, we would have played these tournaments without incident. Nothing would have happened. But what if we played the tournament all the way through, after the tournament, a player, a coach, a fan got sick, and it was serious complications, then Keisha would have been roasted. They'd say, you knew what was going on, you played anyway. So I see both sides of the argument, but I think in, in the overall grand scheme of thing, a person's life is still more important than a game. And I hated to see it. I wanted to see oh, McPherson well, and Aquinas. We were all we were all jacked up to see McPherson and Aquinas, but it's just the way circumstances worked out, and it's just a shame. But like I also wrote, you know, life is not fair, and sometimes we're dealt, you know, a bad hand, and we're just having to play a bad hand. It's just very unfortunate because, you know, this team this team this year was as fun a team to watch as we've had in a long time. Uh, the athleticism, the teamwork, uh, the balance, and and the personalities. You know, we get to know the players pretty well, and this was a fun group to be yeah. around. I know Coach Strathman will, you know, say something about that later, but they were such a fun bunch. Here it is, state tournament, or the other night it was sub-state tournament, you know, to see if they go to state. And Miss Emma Ruddle's coming over, you talking about The Bachelor. 
Well, and Grace Pyle. They're well, both saying, we knew what was the most important thing well, going on. The bachelor, you know, the bachelor. <laughs> but but anyway, they had you know they were they were loosey goosey enough to you know it, it was a game they were getting ready to play, but they were still having fun. And and that's the other thing. This team, you watched them warm up yesterday. I said I, I can't remember if I said it to you or somebody else, but I said this team is so loose. They are so relaxed. There's no way they're going to lose because they're out there having fun. One more thing before we really dive into this season and, and kind of what was missed. I, I want to just say this. Like you mentioned, Steve, the Kansas State High School Activities Association did not want to have to make this call. And I will give them some credit that they tried to see what would happen next. And the thing that we talked about on the show yesterday is I figured that the NCAA tournament, the NBA, the Masters, that all these organizations would just say, let's let's pause for a minute. Let's see what happens here in a month, maybe wait a month or two, and, and see what happens instead of, all right, we're just canceling. And Keisha did its best job to try and see what would happen next. Now, the problem was every single organization apparently in the country began to cancel at the same time. Right. And so hands were tied. And I was... It didn't make me feel very good to log on to social media last night and see some of the comments to Keisha and about the people in charge there because this was not easy. I understand that I wanted to play this game as bad as any of them too, but I understood the decision they had to make. And like you said, Steve, if there would have been anything that would have happened, it's on Keisha's hands, and, right. and, and it's their problem. And I think they made the decision with the best interest of everybody in mind. So uh, if you are going to go on Facebook and rip them, I just advise you to not do that. Keep it to yourself because this is not an easy day for them either. No, it's not. And, uh, boy, the, the reaction was so swift. It was as I mean, hard of a reaction as I can remember. It was the harshest I've ever seen. And, you know, I'm not a big social media person. I don't do chat snap or whatever. What is it? Snapchat. Infogram. Yes, I don't Snapchat. know. I don't know what all that stuff is. I mean, I barely do. You know, I barely text. I didn't text until about four years ago. So, you know, I'm not a social media person, but I did log on last night to see and and you know, it's you stole this from us. You know, you took this away from us. How could you do this? You're the worst. It wasn't easy for them, and 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 I felt I felt bad because I know some of those people. You know, and we work with, we deal with those people when we go to these state tournaments. And they just did, they made the decision that they felt was in the best interest of the state, you know, because there were people from all parts of the state. And what would have happened, though, if, you know, in two weeks, there's like 80 cases reported that came, that were at the state tournaments. Right. So anyway, it was very unfortunate. This bullpup team was built to win a championship, had a great chance to win a championship. And I think... You know, we've just got to look back on what a great year it was and, and highlight those moments. Right, and for Coach Strathman, I know that this was a very hard night for you and your team as well. I'm sure that you had text messages pouring in and, and people trying to figure out what was going on, what the next move was. What was the reaction like for you in terms of people reaching out to you last night and then probably still this morning? Well, you know, I was scouting the Aquinas game and had a few questions, but not much. Uh, once the Andover Central game started at 6.30, kind of things started to pick up a little bit. Uh, saw some things on Twitter um, that WSU was not going to have um, anybody allowed in their arena 
uh, starting today. Uh, so I had heard the six say he was going to move to Heights. If any, if doing doing anything, that's what I heard quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so little things like that started popping up, and then uh, shortly before halftime of the Seaman and Mays game, uh, you texted Jim, texted and and verified that you know Keisha had made the post and made the decision, and uh, it, it it was crushing because um, I knew that the girls were obviously going to find out about it real quick, and I sent them a message later. Um, but I just I just felt for all the kids involved, not just ours, but all the kids across the state, all the coaches across the state, uh, fans and parents, especially those seniors. Um, it's tough, but uh, you know I wouldn't want to be in Keisha's shoes. We talked yesterday after the game that you know that decision is going to be made, and it's going to have to be made by people that are way above our pay grade, as we joked about. <laughs> way above mine. Way above our pay. I grade. have no pay grade. <laughs> and and uh, you know they. It was a tough spot for them. Uh, surrounding states tried doing some different things or whatever, so I'm just canceled right outright. Um, you know, the pressure was on to make a decision. And it was just really bad timing that it happened uh, this week when it did. Um, would have been great, you know, early next week. Uh, spring break for almost everybody. Uh, a little gap time between winter and spring sports. Um, for us, that would have been, been ideal. Um, but it would still have been an issue for all the you know NCAA and all those people. But for us, that would have been great. Just one more day or a couple more days. Well, going back to the comment I made about these high school sports being a great educational tool, I don't know if you can get a whole lot better of an educational tool than you got last night with your team on the brink of two wins on Friday and Saturday – potentially winning a state championship, a group of girls that I know has worked extremely hard, and then having it taken away from them. And these are the types of lessons that I think high school sports can give you that you don't necessarily get in a math class or a science class. These are lessons that are tough. And I know that your girls last night certainly took it hard, but I think this is another life lesson that sometimes life is not fair. And you learn how to deal with things like this. And I think that... This is a, a rare opportunity to learn in a way like this. Uh, it is. You know, there there are so many things that can be learned through, um, you know, athletics and activities that these kids are involved in, like you said. So uh, we've talked numerous times over the years, maybe not so much this statement this year, but um, talked about how we handle certain situations with our kids. You know, we may not always treat them and handle things equally, but we try to handle things and treat them fairly. Um, we try to do that, and this doesn't feel fair, but I'm not sure they had any other choice that they could make, you know. Um, could we have played in empty arenas? Probably. Uh, could those some of those things have been worked out? Yeah. Um, but still, they, they were forced to make some decision. And, and, and you it. know, the empty arena thing has come up a lot in the last several days, but I don't know if was there any game that was played in an empty arena? I don't know. Everyone talked about it, but I don't think it ever happened because I think it just didn't feel right. Yeah, you know, it didn't. It's, it's not, that's not the whole experience. It would have been like a scrimmage, you know, me and Jim going out playing two on two against Grace and Emma or something like that. It'd be, it'd be a bad yeah. deal. That'd been a big matchup. A lot of people would have paid to see that. One, but. one of uh, Coach Ellett's first text messages after I sent the, the note that Jim gave me was, Call up Aquinas. I'm willing. Let's drive up there and play tomorrow. You know, 
<laughs> uh, just just out of frustration. Sure. You know? I mean, that's, sure. that's natural. Um, you know, our staff had worked a lot. You know, Coach Ellett had worked a ton on Aquinas. So, you know, we wanted to wanted to see how things would play out this year. And we saw him right on the front row during that uh, yeah. Aquinas game. We watched Aquinas. They played very well. They were a very good team. Been a great matchup. It had been interesting to see how uh, you guys would have attacked them and how they would have attacked you yeah. and just to see how it would have played out. Well, let's take our first break as we are diving into what happened yesterday and the Kansas State High School Activities Association canceling the rest of the state tournaments. And then as we look forward to the spring, we don't really know what is in the cards. So we'll take our first break, continue to talk about what was a terrific girls basketball season for McPherson as they finish with a record of 22-1. and You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. We have McPherson girls basketball coach Chris Strathman in studio today. We were hoping that we would be on the road to Emporia this afternoon and the Bullpup girls taking on St. Thomas Aquinas in the state semifinals. But the state tournaments all across the state of Kansas at all six sites were canceled last night ending the basketball seasons so when you look at every single classification there were eight teams remaining as we had a final four for the girls a final final four for the boys down to 48 teams left to go and so we have 48 teams that I think feel like they were state champions and coach Stratham when it comes to your 5a girls final four man this was a great final four and I thought you had four teams that were as good as any final four remaining teams at any site in the state when it comes to you and St. Thomas Aquinas. And then the two versus three was going to be Topeka Seaman against Andover Central. This was going to be a terrific final four. And I think all four teams can walk away feeling like, man, we could have won this whole thing. Well, I think any of the four teams definitely could have. You know, it's not all that often that, you know, you'd think it happened all the time, but I don't think it's all that often that, the numbers one through four seeds do get through to the semifinals. And that, that was definitely the case for our for our bracket yesterday. So uh, those four teams, you know, Andover Central was coming off of a, you know, just above 500 season last year. So they didn't have a ton of expectations, but the, the other three of us did. And so we've all been highly ranked top five probably all year. And Andover Central obviously crept up and up and up the whole year too. Uh, so we had been the best four teams pretty much the entire season. And so to see those four get to that point wasn't a shocker. Um, it is, you know, it's tough to not be able to play it out and just see what happens because you just never know. You talk about the top four teams advancing. On Wednesday, there was not one of the subs or one of the state tournaments where the top four got through. There was at least a lower seed that won a game. So there wasn't a single chalk as they like to say yeah. there was not a single chalk state tournament on wednesday and then arzo yesterday the top four teams uh we didn't stay for the evening session but we saw aquinas 
They would have been – they're very good. they got a nice big girl, have some quick guards. That just would have been a great matchup. I don't know how the – you know, we'd seen Andover Central, so we had a pretty good idea about them. But as far as uh, Seaman, we saw them last year. I'm sure the Turner girl was great again. But she was. The, yeah, and they – you know, we know how good they are. Uh, yeah, Seaman and Andover Central both played great games too. Uh, I was impressed with DeSoto. You know, I know they got knocked out by Andover Central, but I thought they played well. Mays played well. So there were no teams that didn't deserve to be there. It was a great state tournament. Um, you know, Seaman, uh, you talked about the Turner girl. I think she probably had about 20 and 12, something like that. Uh, last week she had 25 and 15 in the sub-state final. Um, so she's a great player. Uh, Brittany Harshaw, Bailey Wilborn both played ex- extremely well yesterday uh, for Andover Central. So you can go on down the line. There's a lot of lot of teams, a lot of kids that are disappointed. You know, as I think about some other teams from around the area, around the state, that kind of stand out to me that I, I feel bad for um, are those teams that have kind of built to this point. They're not a one-shot wonder, a one-year wonder. They're not a uh, – they're not a private school that, that basically is there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of like Halstead. Um, you know, seeing them, you know, their coach supposedly knew before the game last night. They played the late game against Scott City, and I guess it was a fantastic game. Went to double overtime. Went to double overtime. He knew before the game. Uh, didn't tell his kids. He let catch a Kansas in after the game on a video, and they had a good celebration. Um, and then he had to break the news to his kids. Um, so they treated it like a, a title, mm-hmm. you know, for them. I'm not, I don't even know if they'd ever been to state. Um, if they had, it hadn't been very often or it had been a long time. Um, they took good pictures after the game. And, of course, being the last game, right. they had that advantage. They could do that, whereas we couldn't. Um, Topeka Seaman, um, on, on Twitter I saw, you know, their coach standing on the white auditorium bleachers addressing basically their entire team, their entire crowd. Um, and he did a great job. I mean, yep. it was fantastic, and uh, the things that he said. You know that you know you don't have to win a trophy to be a champion. That's right. Um, in our case, we always talk about the banner. You know, in the roundhouse. So you know, we're not going to get a chance to win or hang a banner, but we're champions. Our girls are our champions. They're they're a great team. Um, we just don't get a chance to see how things would play out. You know, another group that I think of is, is a team like Liberal. Um, you know, they had made it state last couple of years, typically got knocked out in the first round because competition level during the season just wasn't up to par to what they would face the state tournament. And they kept getting knocked out, and people would just overlook them and say, that they don't even deserve to be there. Why are they undefeated? And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they beat Olathe South the other day. Uh, they were going to get a chance to finally play in the Final Four. Where they've got two D1 seniors. You know, that's going to be t- that's tough for them. Well, I know Jim was rooting for Liberal to beat Olathe South. Because... No, I would never I would never root for <laughs> yeah. that. The other team I think about, too, Central Plains. Yeah, I had in, in the middle of their 136 or 38-game winning streak, you have Emily Ryan, and the fortunate thing was Emily Ryan was 13 points shy of 3,000 entering the night. And did that like in the first quarter. But yeah. I'm so glad that she was able to get to 3,000 points. And they were going for what state title number six in a row or seven yeah, in a row? Seven in a row. Which wow. was a state record. Yeah. And now they don't have the chance to do yeah. that. So Central Plains was another one that I had noted on my phone that I wanted to talk about today if I had the chance to. And, 
you know, that that's really hard for them, obviously. You know, Coach Lecker and I stayed and scouted. We were driving back last night, and we were talking about some things. You know, Emily Ryan is going to freak out when she loses her first college game in Iowa State. <laughs> She's not going to know what to think. She never lost a game in high school, for no. those who don't know. I she can't never, imagine lost many in middle school She never lost a game yeah. in high school. Never did. So I know she lost some AAU games and things like that, but that's different. You've got five games in a day. You know, you, there's always a next game. Um it's just different when it's your high school team or your college team. It's a totally different feel. So I felt for them. I felt for, for Emily in particular. Great kid and great player. And the last team I'd like to mention, because I would have loved to have seen it happen, and, that, and that's Kansas City Piper. Yep. Uh, their girls, I've got a ton of respect for their coach. Their girls, I thought, are, are great competitors. Uh, you know, of course, we played them in early January. And just from our experience a few years ago, you know, we had – kept getting closer and closer to Miege, and we finally got them. They've played them three or four years in a row. They've been getting closer. I know they had the girl get injured early in the first quarter last year in the championship game. So they ended up being a little bit uh, bigger margin than it probably should have been. But I think Piper could have knocked them off this year. Yeah, and Miege really struggled against Chapman of all schools yeah. in the first round. So Miege tends to struggle in the first round. They do. They just don't disinterested. You know, they're disinterested until yeah. it gets – be go time but yeah i do think piper could have could have done it this year they they had the pieces they had the the will to do it and i just i love their team and i just hate it for teams like that that don't get a chance to see what they could have done and also that highlights to me how great your team's win at piper was down to three starters yeah. uh, to go to piper a very hostile atmosphere um and, and to win there uh, and so really that, that whole December to me was just kind of surreal because you guys survived just a, you know, Andover Central, Derby, Piper, you know, in December, you beat all those teams and uh, well, January for Piper. But. Well, yeah, well, it was just like December yeah. because, because we were, we were just coming off the Christmas break, but that, that stretch of games, uh, over that, you know, over that time, those were three of the most impressive wins. And the win at Derby to me was just unbelievable too, because you just, you know, you just found out that Andrea was out for the year, you know, a couple of days before. And and Derby, of course, hadn't lost at home in a gazillion games, and uh, you beat them down there. But uh, anyway, it just showed that early part of the season was just an amazing run for you guys. Uh, it was a really special stretch, and it was, a, it was a frustrating stretch because we kept getting kids, you know, injured, and, and we knew we obviously Emma and Lakin weren't ready to go yet. Um, so for the other kids to step up the way that they did, I was just, man, if we can do this, when we get more of our pieces back together and really get it back and get them back in shape, we can really do some phenomenal things this season. We just had to weather those storms, and uh, unfortunately, some of those storms kind of kept hitting. Yeah. Um, but you know, like for my mom coming back late this season, I had texted the other coaches this. I hadn't shared with the kids, obviously, but. I felt really good about where Emma Mom was after Capen, um, seeing her in practice this week. I was like, Emma's going to have a big week. And she was our player of the game last night um, because every time somebody got in foul trouble, it was Emma Mom that go in to take yep. their place. Six points, three assists, made some great takes, made some great dishes. Um, you know, she's got that little look away move yep. that she does. Teams haven't figured that out, but. And then defensively, she is just tenacious. She's a pest. And and last week, she wasn't quite healthy enough to 
be that pest that she is. But this week I was like, man, she, she's ready. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, proud of her and all the, all the kids. But, you know, family, since we're talking about her, proud of her for, for fighting back those last four weeks or whatever just to get back for postseason. The other thing that I don't know if casual basketball fans quite understand, I think that people within your program begin to understand, but when it comes to what would have been your matchup today with St. Thomas Aquinas, the last few years – the team that you're constantly seeing what they're doing was Bishop Miege, trying to figure out who they're playing, what their personnel looks like. And now that you've bumped back up to Class 5A, St. Thomas Aquinas has been constantly right there out of the corner of your eye, thinking about what they're doing. You've been able to scout them live in person. Constantly throughout the year, whether your team knows it sometimes, you're throwing things in to prepare them for what would be a matchup with St. Thomas Aquinas. And even when you go to this week and preparing for your games against Baser Linwood, of course you're preparing for them, but knowing short turnaround, you're talking about St. Thomas Aquinas. We were in the auxiliary gym pumping in crowd noise to prepare yourself for what you were going to do if the crowd is loud and screaming and trying to be able to run plays against against St. Thomas Aquinas and trying to be able to get their calls in and know what you're supposed to do defensively. And I think that's the other thing that for a matchup like this and a team you've been wanting to play for a year, that was the other thing I knew that really hurt your team, your coaching staff, to not get to play today. Uh, yeah, it did. And, and Jim, we we greatly appreciated you coming and doing that. That that crowd noise that we pumped in the Ox Gym, we had never done that before. In all the, the 25 years I've been here uh, and all the state trips we made, we had never done a crowd noise scenario um, in practice, and we had done that twice in the last couple weeks uh, for prep for White Auditorium because it's so loud, and prep for especially a semifinal and a state final experience. Um, we wanted to have, leave no stone unturned in our prep work for these games, and we didn't. Uh, we were as prepared as we possibly could be for any situation that would come up. And uh, you know, hats off to our coaching staff, but also thank you to you for doing that and giving of your time and and doing that for us. I didn't have and, uh, anything else better to do. Well, <laughs> I didn't want to bachelor. sit up here. You can watch yeah. a rerun of The Bachelor or something like that. What that also gave you was was a really an inside look to what we were actually getting ready for. Yeah. And really what we were we were doing with prep for for Aquinas, uh, prep for some things with Andover Central, yep. to be honest, um, because of the, the way they play defense and, and switch everything. We had definitely some things in mind that we were going to do to – counteract that and and take advantage of some things but um don't get to see how those things would have worked and we might have played semen on saturday anyway we don't know um but we knew that semen was basically a kind of like baser linwood different type team but not really somebody we were going to have to throw new things into our pool of of stuff to do um to compete with them um the other teams aquinas and over central do some different things that we don't necessarily see throughout the year that we had to specifically prepare for. Let's take one more break as we recap this season. And, of course, the state tournament games were canceled across the state today, and we're joined by Coach Strathman in studio. We'll take one more break, put a bow on this season with a great record of 22-1, and and, of course, making it to the Final Four but not getting to play in the Final Four today. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by 
Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, as we are joined in studio this afternoon by McPherson girls basketball coach Chris Strathman after a disappointing end yesterday to their 2019-2020 season as they were trying for state title number 10 this weekend, but the state tournaments were canceled by the Kansas State High School Activities Association. Well, as we look at this season for your team, and I posted a couple of numbers and interesting stats about this group. What a fun group this 2019-2020 team was. And with your four seniors, a terrific career for them. This would have been the fourth Final Four for this class of 2020, starting with the team that made it to the state championship game in 17, won the state title in 18, made it to the Final Four last year, and then would have been playing in that Final Four this year. As we look at this senior class, a really fun group with Lake and Schieffert, Cassie Cooks, Emma Ruddle, and Andrea Sweat. They played in a combined 295 career games, made 142 career starts, four state tournaments. It is about as experienced and successful senior class as you can have in high school. And let's also remember that Lake and Schieffer missed a few games at the beginning of this year. Andrea Sweat missed time every now and then with injuries and missed almost this entire season. Emma Ruddle missed one of those years with being at Canton Galvin. You would have had everybody in this senior group healthy and here the entire time, then this probably would have gone down if it isn't already as one of the most successful senior classes in the history of your program. Yeah, it, def it definitely would have. You know, those are those are some talented kids right there. And they were, they were fun to coach. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, they all, um, you know, especially Andrea Lakin and, and Emma, uh, had to battle extended injuries. Um, Cassie, most people don't even realize, but you know, she is fighting the plantar fasciitis stuff mm -hmm. all, all winter, uh, maybe even through the volleyball season. So that's not a an easy way to go through a season. Um, but she fought through it and, and uh, just competed her butt off. Um, undersized at the post almost every time as far as height. Uh, Strength-wise, she's obviously a state champ, hang clean uh, athlete but uh you know still it's it's just a, a group i'm very very proud of and um you know just wish we could have seen it play out and three of them will get to continue their basketball careers at the college level for cassie cook she will continue her volleyball career at graceland up in lamoni but four really spectacular seniors that and especially for cassie with those three being out at the beginning of the year the other three there was a lot of weight on cassie cook's shoulders early on in this season because she was the only senior starter, not only senior starter, senior player. And remember the Derby game, you have Emma Ruddle in a wheelchair. You have yep. Andrea Sweat limping around as she had just suffered her, her torn ACL. Crutches, yeah. You had Lake and Schieffer, who was probably in a brace, but couldn't really move real fast if she needed to. That The rest of her seniors are over there and cannot do anything to help. And I thought that Cassie really did a good job in that role at the beginning of this season for help helping keep everything together. And sometimes you need that person that can do that. And Cassie played and started all 23 games this year and scored 10 points a game. 
Yeah, she had a great senior season, and I can remember, you know, either before or after the Derby game, you know, us wheeling them right into the into the locker room, and um, well, Kendall had a picture of them all together. Yeah, yeah, they was, you know, it was it was the mash unit. It was the mash unit, and Cassie <laughs> literally was like in tears because she was by herself as a senior. It was just something you would never have envisioned. Um, you know, but I also have to give great credit. Obviously, you talk about leadership and holding us together. Uh, Grace and Cassidy did a tremendous job yep. of stepping up and filling some of that leadership void um, while we were waiting to get those kids back, and um, they they just did awesome. Uh, him and Mom obviously stepped into a big big role um, right off right out of the gates with those injuries having taken place, uh, but she didn't feel very comfortable as far as a leadership role because she had missed all February last year and didn't play with us all summer uh, due to her feet and some other things going on. So, you know, it really was Cassie, Grace, and Cassidy uh, that really took took the reins and, and led us through that, that stretch. And then and then I thought late uh, late in the year, Peyton Howard, well, Lauren Labertu all year, Peyton Howard, and Ella Schmid gave you some really important minutes. Uh, Peyton Howard with her rebounding. Lauren Labertu just – being on the floor after everything, and Ella Schmidt with her three-point shooting. Those three did a great job. I mean, Peyton had some tremendous defensive stretches especially, and she tend to, tend, uh, had to have her best games against the best opponents. Yeah. You think about the Kennedy girl from Shawnee Mission Northwest, uh, the Anshaw girl from Capon. She played great against them. So it didn't concern me um, thinking about Peyton having to guard Beatrice Colton from Aquinas. She had already proven that she could compete with those big girls um, this year twice against two great players. So she was going to do what she could. Lauren Labertu is tough as nails. <laughs> she's um, indestructible. She's a floor burn waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. She's an offensive rebounding machine and is going to be a great point guard and leader for us in the future. So I'm very happy with her. Ella Schmid, you know, heck, she led us in scoring at Bueller because uh, they were choosing to kind of junk us a little bit. Um, and had had teams done that at state, we would have chucked Ella right in there, and she would have been ready to go as far as shooting the ball and every confidence in the world that she would have made him too. So, great shooter. Uh, we have a bright future for next year. Well, and I posted a couple of numbers as well on your team this morning on social media. And going back to Grace and Cassidy and the role that they played this year, they are two. This season had two of the top twenty scoring seasons in the history of this program at the same time, which means that they're scoring a lot of points. They're both playing a huge role. Grace finished the season averaging 16 points per game, eight rebounds per game, four assists per game, three steals per game, and almost one and a half blocks per game. And I made the comment that it might be one of the best all-around seasons that certainly you have had in your 15 seasons and and all your years with the program, one of the best all-around seasons. And then Cassidy Beam made 64 threes this year which is fifth behind one person, and that is Taylor Robertson, of course, as she made seasons of 65, 67, 85, and 105 threes. So those two, man, the future is bright. I know they're going to have a terrific summer in figuring out where they want to continue to play at the next level, but what a terrific season for those two juniors. Um, Yeah, it was pretty amazing. You know, I shared the other night at, at the league meeting on Monday night in Wichita, um, 
you know, my first nominee was, was Grace, and um, I shared that she led us in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals, and they just kind of shook their heads, you know. And, and uh, I said she's the first player we've had do that since one that we now have on staff, and that's Coach Lecker. And I'll bet you, and, and since you started rattling off those numbers, I mean, it just if I pulled up Caitlin's junior stats, 16, 8, 5, 4, 3, whatever, I'll bet you it's almost a mirror image. Now, how they got their points were, were different. Um, how, how they made the passes were different because Caitlin was always out of the post, kickouts, things like that. But I'll bet you the numbers were almost identical. And Caitlin was Gatorade Player of the Year that year. Um, I know that's already been named. You know, it's Ashton Ver, or uh, Peyton Burrell, sorry, from me, Asian, right, and rightly so. Um, but my point is Grace had a tremendous year. And there's a lot of people that, that are going to be up for all-state type awards. Um, I mean, I hope that she gets her name mentioned in the first couple teams for sure. Yeah, the top five, you know, Emily Ryan's going to be there. Verholst will be there. Then after that, you know, it's just kind of subjective, you know. After, yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't see any question – any doubt to me, she'll be in the top ten. She'll yeah. be in the she'll, if she's not first team, she'll definitely be second team. Yeah. And before I forget, I mean, you mentioned Cassidy too. The the threes, that's that's a great season. Um, so I I didn't realize actually that she had gotten up to right behind Taylor's uh, fourth because I think Abby Peterson, maybe Stacy Becker was right in there they, too. She passed them this past week. Yeah. So and you know, so she probably would have passed Taylor's bottom two numbers. Right. Had we played the two more games, so she could have gone up to number three, which is pretty incredible. Um, I was I was gonna go back to something. What'd you ask me, Steve? Uh, I just said Grace would be in the top five or top ten for sure. That was. The oh thing. yeah. Um, what I what I messaged to uh, sports in Kansas this morning. You know, Chuck Couplin, fantastic job. And he talked about, you know, these last two games a lot of times helps him determine um, a lot of their all-state nominees and things like that. And I just made the comment that, you know, sometimes I think people get overlooked on some of those or some people get placed basically in the wrong spots, in my opinion, just because they had a one bad game at the wrong time. And it may flip somebody over somebody else uh, when when – Somebody had a much better season overall. And so this is going to force them to look at the big picture of the season and not just how somebody performed in the semifinals and the finals or whatever the case is. And so that may change those teams a little bit. And so if you look at the big picture, um, like we said, Grace probably being should be in the top one of the top two teams. Um, I hope they take a look at her, her – uh, entire uh, body, body work. work yeah well coach Strathman will wrap things up here as we went a little bit long today but rightfully so a really fun season for your team 22 and one I think that we will be looking back at this weekend for a long time with that thought of what if what if you had an what opportunity to play and play St. Thomas Aquinas they were going to be a very tough test what would have been today but I know you liked your team's chances. Everybody liked their chances at this time of year. We'll always look back on the what if, but the thing that is not a what if, this was a terrific season. And like you said, it this team 
is a group of champions, whether they get to hang a banner in the roundhouse or not. And it was a fun season. We appreciate all the time you spend in coming in and dealing with Steve and I. We ask a lot out of you, and we are very demanding, and we need everything, all of your attention all the time. But we appreciate all your help with us this year, and it was a really fun season. Just wish we could add two more. Yep, I think everybody does, and and I appreciate the work that you guys have done, obviously. Um, it's a joy to come in and visit with you guys. I love doing this and enjoy the Saturday mornings, and uh, we wouldn't trade you guys for anybody. All right, well, we will wrap up our show today and wrap up our show for a couple of weeks, or a couple of days, not a couple of weeks. I'm not going to go quarantine for, for that long. <laughs> That's but, good. But vacation would have started on Monday, and I guess now it starts a little bit earlier since we won't be covering any basketball this weekend or really any sports. Yeah, so you're going on vacation, and so that leads me to slave away and Oh, you can just on. take your vacation too, Steve. Well, um, Sleep in a little bit Yeah, so we will week. not. we will not have a show next week, but we'll... Be back the following week. So. I think everybody will be okay. And it'll be interesting to see just what we have to talk about uh, after next week because next week everything's canceled. So maybe the, your vacation came at a perfect time because it might have been a little slow. Wrapping up today's show for McPherson Girls Basketball Coach Chris Strathman and for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you in two weeks. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.